The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Insights and Strategies with Barbara Lang. On the program today, Barbara and her guests will discuss the topics you want to hear more about, from business leadership to community and education. It all affects our bottom line. Now, here is your host, Barbara Lang. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Insights and Strategies, where we will bring you thoughtful and very provoking insight on a variety of business issues that impact you on a daily basis. I am your host, Barbara Lang, Managing Principal and CEO of Lang Strategies, LLC. We'll be tweeting during the show, so please join the conversation at Lang Strategies. And in between our shows, you can always reach me at bblang at langstrategies.com. And you can also learn more about our firm at www.langstrategies.com. Over the past several years, the Washington, D.C. region has become a true destination for international businesses looking to locate to the United States. Technology and innovation have made doing business from afar here a much more cost-effective endeavor that is appealing to organizations seeking a presence in this country. In fact, at my company, Lang Strategies, we recognized a need to partner with international companies looking to do business here, and we recently launched our newest practice area, International Business Development and Cultural Transition Services. This includes utilizing our network of connections and channels to serve as a foundation for sustainable success as companies enter the U.S. market. Today, we have some experts and very interesting people with us for a robust conversation on international business and economic development. I'd like to welcome Fabio Marazzi, Senior Managing Partner, Marazzi and Advisors, and a partner with Lang Strategies. Jason Gialetti, Vice President of Business Recruitment, Connecticut Economic Resource Center, and I hope will be joining us shortly, Victor Hoskins, Director of Arlington, Virginia Economic Development. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Barbara. Thank you. So, Jason, why don't we start with you? Um, I I know that you are going to have to leave us the last half of the show. So tell us a little bit about what your organization does. Sure. The uh, Connecticut Economic Resource Center started uh, roughly 24 years ago to basically market the state of Connecticut's assets uh, beyond our borders, both uh, domestically and internationally. And as of late, uh, we have taken a very significant role in helping enhance the business climate by attracting foreign direct investment 
and we've targeted different marketplaces, and we've taken advantage of the strength of the U.S. economy and, and unfortunately, some of the, uh, the downturns in overseas markets and use it as an advantage to encourage companies to look to the United States as a market, as a great point to globalize their company. And in Connecticut, we've created uh, some specific uh, programs that allow the ecosystem to really thrive and allow companies that are looking to invest into New England and the East Coast and hopefully right through Connecticut to really differentiate ourselves in some of our key areas and force concentration of large OEMs and other key assets that really allow us to, to define the marketplace and allow companies to figure out running when it comes to sales and at the same point in time grow their company in the United States. Very good. Thank you. And I'm going to come back to you in a little bit to ask you some additional uh, questions about some of the things that you're doing. I understand that Victor Hoskins is now on the line. Victor, welcome. Delighted to have you. Thank you very much, Barbara. So let's start with a question with you. In recent years, you have led several economic development agencies in the District of Columbia and Prince George's County, Maryland, and now in Arlington County, Virginia. And in every one of these jurisdictions, Victor, you have made international business attraction a major part of your agenda. Why is that? Well, uh, first of all, the greatest amount of growth um, in the world is happening overseas. Um, they estimate that about 85% of all new growth in industry will happen outside of the United States. So it, it's natural that it's a place that you would uh, pursue business. So, so just from the standpoint of, of, of business in terms of market opportunities, they're just huge market opportunities outside of here. Um, and, and frankly, every jurisdiction that I've worked in um, has had um, opportunities for foreign direct investment. That's funding coming from outside foreign resources, um, investing in uh, real estate or investing in companies in a jurisdiction I was working for. Like in Washington, D.C., for example, foreign direct investment was a huge part of, of our work, and it ended up funding a lot of the real estate development projects in the city. Um, in, the, in those same markets, uh, Prince, you know, Prince George's County here in Arlington, um, tourism is a huge piece of it. Um, the foreign tourists always sp spends more than a domestic tourist. Um, they tend to stay longer once they come because they've come from farther away. So that's always a, a, a big one. And then, um, you know, the third, you know, which is actually companies themselves, companies moving in, uh, company, you know, our companies pursuing markets. So Arlington County, as I recall, looking at the information, is home to over 50 foreign-owned enterprises, ranging from global headquarters to smaller companies. Why is Arlington County so attractive? Uh, it's it's really attractive. Um, number one, because the tremendously and um, great workforce that we have here. Um, we have um, our our workforce that's uh, that's uh, 25 or older. Um, 70 percent of them have BAs, and 36 percent of them have masters or PhDs. And that is a highly intelligent workforce. As a matter of fact, it is in terms of what they call that millennial class that everyone pursues. We have the 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 highest per capita in the country. 
Um, that, that's one thing. So you have a very intelligent population. The second thing is that, you know, frankly, we have a long history of, of, of research and development, and then that research development um, being commercialized and then sent global. For example, the Internet was actually created here in Arlington. Geopositioning was created here in Arlington. You know, and a lot of these, these applications started in the, um, the defense or the academic environment and then moved to commercialization. So, so for us, it's, it's the intelligent um, people. Then it's this incredible research infrastructure. Um, and then, of course, we have the Defense Department here, um, which, is, uh, which is a pretty good tenant. You know, the, having the Pentagon in your jurisdiction is definitely an advantage. So, um, so, the, so those things. And then in addition to that, um, just in terms of quality of life, um, it's an extremely attractive environment. And then um, last, I'll end with this, is this proximity um, to Washington, D.C., and then the accessibility to the world. So we have, you know, Washington, D.C., um, just right across the river. Um, and then in terms of accessing the world, we have three airports. We have um, Dulles Airport, which is an international. We have um, Reagan, which is an international. And we have BWI, all within, you know, 45, 50 minutes um, of, of the center of Arlington. So those things all really give us great advantage. You are, as always, the, the superb salesperson for Arlington <laughs> County. <laughs> Fabio, delighted that you are in the country this week and that we could have you on our show today. You are a lawyer and your firm is based in Milano, Italy. Tell us a little bit about the kind of work your firm is engaged. Mm, thank you very much, Barbara, for having invited me today. It's a great honor to be here today, and it's a great honor, first of all, to be a friend of Barber and a partner of Barber along strategies since, uh, few, since a couple of months' time. Uh, well, my firm is a law firm based in Italy, and I usually, since the beginning, since 29 years right now, I do support, I mean, business, Italian, European business coming over and moving over into the world. Uh, I always uh, thought that the U.S. market is going to be the best market to be in because it's a growing, stable, growing economy at the end of the day. And in the last 20, 25 years, this has been, proofly, uh, has been proven and this is totally, I mean, true and is a reliable piece of information. I usually bring to my clients explaining that the reason, the best place and the reason why to be in the U.S. is because it's a serious market, it's a growing market. Obviously, it's also a highly sophisticated market. So my firm is usually providing, I mean, legal services and business legal services in order to understand how to enter into a market, how to face, I mean, any sort of technical, legal, tax implication, and how uh, to enter and how to face, I mean, from a cultural point of view, this sort of market. As my firm itself, as I said before, as I mentioned before, we are based in Milano, we are based in Bologna, we are based in Rome, and then we do have some minor offices in the most industrial part of Italy, such as Bergamo, Brescia, and Rovigo, which is part of the Venice region. We have small offices in Paris and in UK. So we are an international business law firm, actually, once again. All our clients are major and middle-sized corporations having a deep interest to explore markets, having a deep interest, I mean, to expand themselves in the market itself. Thank you. That, that's uh, very interesting. And, of course, I know all this because you are my partner, and we are delighted to partner with Marazzi. Um, 
Why did you choose Lang Strategies as uh, as your partner? Uh, first of all, because you are a nice person, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> and secondly, because, I mean, once again, I realized in 29 years that at the end of the day, to be a good lawyer, to have a legal capability, obviously, is a piece of... Uh, is a piece. Uh, of the of the consultancy, which is quite important for my clients, but the first one uh, actually I realized in several years of my practice that uh, uh, I have to understand how culturally to be uh, um, to be present of the market, uh, how my clients have to be integrated culturally speaking into the market, and I've, I found that. You, Barbara, and your team, you are really in the best position, I mean, to let my clients understand, I'm not just talking about Italian clients, I'm talking about European clients, how to clearly understand how to move in this highly sophisticated market, as I said before. I mean, from a cultural point of view, from a relation point of view, and also from a promotional communication point of view. In the past few years, I mean, I had several clients, Italian clients, try to enter into the U.S. market, the major part of them have not been successful because they did not really realize that the culture is, in any country is a different culture. So to be able to adapt to the culture and to be able to interpret exactly how to be present in the market would require, first of all, I mean, to understand the, the, the culture, the language, the way to communicate, uh, how to interact on the market itself. And obviously, because of you, Barbara, and because of your position and your location in Washington, Washington is the best place, should be, I mean, the open, uh, the first door, the first open gate, I mean, to enter into the U.S. market. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's interesting. And again, we are honored, uh, honored to be, um, uh, to be your partner. Um, it, just one final question on our partnership. Any particular prospects on the horizon that, uh, that you can share at this moment? Yeah, we have a lot of prospects, I have to say. Uh, first of all, I mean, we are focusing at the time being on the aerospace clusters we do have in Italy. You have to know that Italy's aerospace is uh, quite an important country. I mean, the major part of components of Airbus and Boeing are manufactured in Italy. I'm not mentioning at the time being the defense industry, but this is also very, quite, very relevant and quite important. So one of our first targets is to, uh, let me say, uh, support medium-sized uh, Italian companies in the aerospace in order to identify the best partner to match with uh, in this part of U.S. and or consequently, I mean, all over U.S. The second one uh, prospect we have in mind is to promote as much as possible and to support as much as possible the Italian uh, design and the Italian uh, made in Italy. And when I say Italian design and made in Italy, I'm not uh, exclusively, I mean, mentioning the, the fashion uh, industry, but I'm, I'm making reference, I mean, for example, to Italian furniture and so on. And finally, I mean, we do have a lot of data, data mining, data analysis. Uh, interesting company in studies that obviously are looking at this part of U.S. with deep, deep interest. Thank you. It's all, all incredibly interesting. And, you know, Jason, I want to uh, maybe after our first break, talk to you a little bit about some of the things that Fabio just talked about and also the kinds of industries and countries that you are targeting 
uh, in Connecticut. And then we're going to get back to Arlington County and talk a little more with them about the kinds of things that uh, uh, that they're doing and the kinds of companies, industry, uh, industries, and countries that they are targeting. We're going to now take a quick break. Please stay with us as we continue our discussion on international business development. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Lang Strategies is the leader in providing businesses and nonprofits with insight on business development, operational excellence, political strategy, tactical planning, marketing communications, leadership management, and cultural transition services for international businesses. Each member of our team is an expert in their respective field, and each of them are dedicated to serving in the best interests of our diverse client base. Our business is to define our clients' needs and create a customized plan to exceed their goals and objectives. We compete aggressively and successfully for our clients' respect and trust. We also care deeply about the communities we serve, and our expertise in civic and grassroots campaigns serves our clients well on a variety of issues. We appreciate the faith, support, dedication, and investment of our clients and community in Lang Strategies, and we look forward to a successful and sustainable partnership. For more information or to put Lang Strategies to work for your organization, visit us on the web at langstrategies.com that's langstrategies.com now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market You are listening to Insights and Strategies. To reach Barbara Lang or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to bboyer at langstrategies.com if you have any questions or comments about the program. Now, back to Insights and Strategies. Welcome back. Delighted that you are joining us. Continue to join us as we talk about international business development. Uh, Jason, let's let's talk a little bit. You talked earlier on the first segment about some of the things that you're doing in the state of Connecticut around business development. Can you talk about what countries you may be targeting and the particular industries you are trying to attract to the state? Sure, Barbara. Thank you again for, for having me. And yes, I'm happy to, to share that. So as we speak right now, I am sitting, staring out at the uh, city of Tel Aviv in Israel. Which is, oh, wow. Uh, one of the country. <laughs> yes, I am here live and uh, looking, <laughs> you know, in, uh, working with companies right here as we, we see that startup nation and the innovation and uh, technology coming out uh, of this country as a really good match for the Connecticut economy and our history of innovation. So we have uh, some significant relationships that we are looking to foster and more companies we're looking to bring to Connecticut uh, from Israel or at least expand into Connecticut. So we have uh, targeted some key industries, those being aerospace. So I'd love to hear the interest from Italy, uh, a country of which we've done a lot of business and continue to, to foster relationships with. Uh, we also are doing things in the medical field, uh, medical devices, uh, 
healthcare IT technology related uh, things to the medical field is definitely a big priority for Connecticut given our strength. Uh, and then we're also looking in the IT area and cybersecurity as one that we have strengths within our major universities, uh, as well as industries that align really well with that. So those core industries, given the strengths of the original equipment manufacturers in the state, the depth of the supply chain that exists within Connecticut to support those types of industries are kind of what we're leveraging and what we're positioning for when we talk to uh, companies from other countries. I just came back from a trip before I am in Israel here in South America, uh, doing the same thing in some countries there, looking to, to leverage an opportunity around the aerospace industry and medical device area. Uh, there's a very big show I was in in Sao Paulo, uh, Brazil, centered on medical technology. And we're really looking at saying, you know, those match up well with high precision manufacturing and advanced manufacturing that we've invested here in Connecticut and really see as an asset, uh, given very similar to Arlington, the highly skilled workforce that we possess in state. <laughs> And what that means in terms of productivity and, and translation for companies, that's why we align well with, with a country like Israel and some of the others in terms of their advancements, and that's what we're sort of leveraging. At the same point, we've created in my office what we call a concierge service, where we can welcome these companies to Connecticut by not only setting them up and educating them well in the ecosystem, but we can also align them with companies and actually make introductions to those companies, whether they're the original equipment manufacturer, OEM, or they're a major supplier of one of those companies so that they can immediately see the business return. At the same point, meeting associations, higher education institutions, workforce challenges, anything that will help them on a business level and on a community level. We've engaged with the different community groups that exist within our state and looked at them as assets as we look to uh, attract more foreign direct investment. So we've been taking a pretty active role and are, are continuing to look at more opportunities uh, that come to the state of Connecticut. Excellent. Victor, I think I've found somebody that's traveling that's in the air more than you are. Ooh, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, Jason, I think that you have met uh, one of my partners, Marco Aguilar, and uh, perhaps at a later time we can talk more about uh, some of the Italian businesses that uh, Fabio talked about and uh, perhaps bringing some of those to Connecticut as well. So we look forward uh, to that continued uh, discussion. Thank you, Barbara. I look forward to that as well. Thank you. Yeah. Victor, there's been just enormous foreign investment in Arlington County over the past five to ten years. Can you tell me the countries that are at the top of that list? Yeah, so the, the countries that are at the top of our investment list is actually most recently is, uh, is Germany with Lidl. Lidl has uh, put their North American uh, headquarters here. They're um, an international, I think they're the second largest uh, international grocer, and um, this is the first location, they've, major location they've had in the United States. They're going to have about 500 employees. They actually purchased a building. Um, they invested over $200 million in the purchase of this building, so we're really pleased about that. Um, and then so right after that, we have Sweden, Canada, UK, Netherlands, and Italy in, in that order. And um, all of those are very important markets to us. All of them have been um, growing markets for the last uh, 10 years. Um, right now, um, going forward, we have um, a, a couple of, of, of areas that we focus on. So um, we really are looking at uh, Canada uh, for, for June uh, because Canada is our number one uh, foreign investment market. It's also our number one tourism market. So we're really excited about going to Canada in June. And that will be a um, will be going there with the state of Virginia, um, the governor, and it looks like also uh, with the city of uh, Washington D.C. So it'll be a, a regional um, a regional event. I'm so right. sorry. 
Oh, that's okay. I got all these so, phones going at the same time. My apologies. Um, oh. Then um, after um, after in June, um, we plan on following up um, with some work that we've been doing in China in August, um, and we are now looking at Italy for September. Um, so um, our, our calendar right now is Canada, China, Italy, um, in, in that order. But before then, um, actually in June, we have two huge events that we're doing, um, that we're participating in in, in June right here in Washington, D.C. One is Select USA. Um, that's where the, our, our, um, our United States government does this wonderful thing of um, bringing together over 2,500 investors from around the world. Um, and we sponsor, um, we're sp- co-sponsoring an event there with the District of Columbia and Prince George's County. Um, so it's the, really the region welcoming um, um, individuals there. And we have the ambassador of China speaking at that event. And they will be expecting over 200 at that event. Then we have um, this competition, this global competition for startup companies. Um, there's this, um, this is group called 1776, which is a co-working space, um, which is now networked around the world. They're flying in over 100 companies from around the world from competitions to compete for a million dollar prize um, right here in the in the in the um, in the region in the DC region. So we're very excited about that. So some of this we do from this location, and some of what we do, obviously going out and pursuing. Um, but all of it's been been very productive for us. So I, I, I want to check your frequent flyer miles statement as well as Jason's frequent flyer miles statement. And I know Fabio is all over the place. He's never home. Uh, but you guys are in the air and off a lot. Uh, that's exciting. Um, Jason, before you have to get off, tell us a little bit about the kinds of incentives that the state of Connecticut offers to attract businesses to Connecticut. So we, we have some formal programs that the state of Connecticut has, uh, has created, and they come in various forms. Uh, we have a, a smaller type uh, package that, that the state has at its toolbox, basically, to, to welcome companies and, and get some uh, local offices off the ground. But we also have some larger-scale investment tools for those that are looking to potentially uh, purchase large buildings or make significant investments in manufacturing uh, or high-growth industries that we've targeted. So we have a couple different opportunities. But in addition to that, there are several different programs that the state has set up to help with workforce uh, opportunities as well as sort of technology, leveraging the university systems. Uh, we've made some very big investments in uh, the University of Connecticut, as well as partnerships with Yale University and some of the private institutions in state to purchase some very large-scale, very high-end equipment for advanced manufacturing that is meant to basically allow prototyping to happen at a much less expensive rate for companies looking to invest uh, both in-state and out-of-state. So uh, there's tremendous opportunity there. And then one of the other things that's not a quantifiable incentive, but the uh, concierge service, going back to that again, has been a very big differentiator for the companies in that we uh, really can bring them in front of decision makers and targeted industries so that both the technology coming into the state can be leveraged as well as those existing companies can see the benefit of a collaboration uh, with the type of innovation coming into the state. So we've kind of diversified quite a bit. The toolbox is, is, I think, pretty extensive and really can cover just about every need these companies have to Connecticut. So you're using a lot of the universities as research engines uh, to do a lot of the the work that you need to evaluate uh, what's going on. Yeah, we've made extensive strides with the university system over over the last uh, few years, and it's been 
a great investment because it will pay you back. You'll see an insurgence uh, just within the University of Connecticut itself. Uh, in the past few years, they've expanded their School of Engineering by 85% in enrollment. So just to really give you a magnitude of, of the investments that are being made, uh, they're building a, a technology center on the main campus uh, that's got a crown jewel of 170,000 square foot building centered just on advanced technologies uh, and, and has some of the most advanced uh, capabilities and labs and space uh Literally on the East Coast, it's it's quite amazing what investments they've made. So it's very attractive to not only the Connecticut companies, but also those foreign companies to come in and not have to make these massive multi-million dollar investments in machines when they can come perfect that technology, collaborate with the university, or collaborate with industry. And in many cases, it's both. Uh, tap into students, tap into the, the minds of the faculty, and utilize it to commercialize or make that next generation product in Connecticut. Interesting. So, Victor, I know that Arlington County and certainly the state of Virginia also has a lot of incentives. So I want you to do one up. How, uh, how do you top Connecticut? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, for us, you know, the, the academic, um, the, the academic institutions are, are they're certainly um, one of our strengths. Our relationship with Virginia Tech um, and their visualization program, um, our relationship with George Mason University, uh, with Virginia University, with Marymount, with with actually Georgetown has a campus here, and so does George Washington. So with with all of those academic institutions, we we basically work with them seamlessly in terms of how. We we work with them and our companies. As a matter of fact, um, some of our startups even come from these, these institutes, which is fantastic. So we have the opportunity to grow here, but we also have the opportunity to do deep research if necessary. Excellent, excellent. And I know that you offer uh, a number of incentives for your smaller companies coming into uh, into Arlington County. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in terms of in terms of incentives, we actually work at two levels. One, we um, uh, fortunate um, like the state of, of Connecticut, we do um, we have an opportunity to work directly with the governor's office, with the Secretary of Commerce, and the Virginia Economic Development Partnership, which basically together provide a, a, a set of incentives. Um, um, actually, like in the case of Lido, it turned out to be a, a total package of about ten million dollars um, for them to build their um, uh, build out their corporate location here. So, um, and we did that jointly with the state. Half of it, the state provided, the other half we provided. Um, and we often do this with larger companies, but we also, as you just mentioned, do it with smaller companies too. Um, we just financed a small startup or, or help uh, contribute to a small startup um, that is not only um, expanding right here in um, in Arlington, but they also um, are expanding down in um, in Richmond, Virginia. Here they have, I think they have, they have five employees, they're doubling to 10, which is, makes it a, definitely a small startup, and down in Richmond, Virginia, they have five. So we grow with very small companies, and we provide incentives to them, and then we also, again, you know, provide for the big companies, obviously, the multi-million dollar packages. Yeah, and, and, and absolutely, small, small businesses uh, often talked about as being the engine to economic development. And, of course, they really hire uh, local residents, so they're good for the employment rate as well. Fabio, uh, you've listened to both Jason and Victor talk about incentives that their respective jurisdictions will offer. Are these the kinds of incentives that the clients that you represent and that we hope to be a part of that uh, at Lang Strategies would be looking for? Well, 
<clears throat> I cannot obviously deny that for my clients to have access uh, to financial and tax incentives is quite important. But I have to say that in my experience for my, for my clients and generally speaking for any clients, obviously money and tax incentives are important. But in, once again, in my opinion, the fact to be at the right place in the right time and to be networked with the right industry in the right place probably is the best, uh, is the best one. So to get, I mean, to get into a place where you may have access, I mean, to ideas, human capital, human resources, highly educated, trained people probably comes first than the incentive itself. Obviously, once again, I mean, tax and money are important. Uh, is a, a way, obviously, to compete and to identify which will be the best place to be uh, in order to plan the business strategy itself. But in my experience, once again, makes a lot of sense to identify, first of all, what which would be the best location for that specific industry having uh, the need to be uh, in linking contact, in network with the right people, with the right people, and to exchange ideas, because that's the only way to be successful at the end of the day. Money and tax are not enough. I mean, the only way to develop ideas, to develop projects, and to create common business is to talk and to interact with the other people in the same area at the same time. So I, if, if I'm understanding your, um, your comments, it really is that they, the business has to have a successful business model that can also stand on its own. Exactly. First of all, it has to stand on its own because it cannot stand just because of financial incentives or tax incentives because that, the incentives themselves I mean, can, could not and will not last forever. So you have to have, I mean, a, a solid, grounded business. You have, a, you have to have a, a, a very good, a successful, hopefully, business idea. You have to have interaction with the right people. If he, a European company would plan to come to U.S., that once again, as I said before, is a highly sophisticated market. And then, consequently, obviously, I mean, you may have access to tax and financial incentive. But in my opinion. This is not the first reason to make a choice to come in a specific place. Excellent. I, I assume that both Jason, you, and, and Victor agree with that, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break. Jason, I think you are leaving us for the final segment, and let me thank you so much for being with us. We are now going to take a break. We do have to pay the bills, and we'll come back on the other side with our conversation for the last segment with Fabio Morazzi and Victor Hoskins. Stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Lang Strategies is the leader in providing businesses and nonprofits with insight on business development, operational excellence, political strategy, tactical planning, marketing communications, leadership management, and cultural transition services for international businesses. Each member of our team is an expert in their respective field, and each of them are dedicated to serving in the best interests of our diverse client base. Our business is to define our clients' needs and create a customized plan to exceed their goals and objectives. We compete aggressively and successfully for our clients' respect and trust. We also care deeply about the communities we serve, and our expertise in civic and grassroots campaigns serves our clients well on a variety of issues. We appreciate the faith, support, dedication, and investment of our clients and community in Lang Strategies, and we look forward to a successful and sustainable partnership. For more information or to put Lang Strategies to work for your organization, visit us on the web at langstrategies.com. That's langstrategies.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Insights and Strategies. To reach Barbara Lang or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to bboyer at langstrategies.com if you have any questions or comments about the program. Now, back to Insights and Strategies. Welcome back. We are going to continue our, our uh, discussion in this final segment on international business development with Fabio Marazzi and Victor Haskins. So before the break, uh, uh, Victor, we were chatting a little bit about uh, incentives and uh, how they impact uh, a, a business's decision to locate in an area. And Fabio... Uh, talked a bit about, yes, those are important, but certainly the business model is what is most important as he talks to and advises his clients. And I wanted to get your take on that a little bit, because I'm sure you've had just a tiny bit of experience with that. Yes, yes. And and just to, first of all, um, you know, Fabio is absolutely right. The the business model, the the assumptions on which the business uh, pursues markets, the ability to execute in those markets is absolutely critical. The business has to stand up on its own. Incentives, you know, really are um, a margin. Um, the quality of the workforce, the potential partners in the market, those actually um, are up there with the business model. And just as an example, uh, Fabio talked about um, the tremendous aerospace and defense industry that resides in Italy. And, you know, our environment is an aerospace and defense environment just historically, and it continues to be. As a matter of fact, Boeing's international headquarters are located right here in Arlington. It is a, a beautiful, um, you know, a facility that they built just a few years ago. But it, it is focused, you know, um, I mean, obviously on, you know, defense and commercial um, applications. But the the key is that if if a business is 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 um, already in partnership with an organization like Boeing, you have them reside in your market. 
natural partner there. Um, even even beyond that, um, if you have an industry that the business is um, flourishing in that's already in your market, then again, opportunity for growth. Um, and this is also just not just in terms of partners, but in terms of maybe providing parts or or providing design services or you know so, some segment of services. Um, just by the same token, if your company is into data mining and big data analytics, um, and that and that already exists in the environment. Um, it, it plays again into your into your strategy, and then of course markets are important. Customers are important in those markets. So, it, it absolutely, um, ground. You know, the, the baseline is it has to be a strong business model. Then you have to have a workforce um, and and a strategy to execute in that market. And then um, underneath that would be you know the last thing would be would be incentives, and, and incentives are really a marginal part of the the, the discussion. Uh, absolutely, it just may be the uh, uh, the, the tiebreaker between one jurisdiction uh, over another, and we want to make sure we use absolutely everything in our uh, in our little toolbox. Um, Fabio, you talked uh, a little earlier in the discussion about why uh, you've chosen the U.S. and and the robustness of the U.S. economy. Can you talk a little bit about um, uh, the European economy right now? And, you know, we see an awful lot about it in the news, uh, but it's nice to hear somebody talk about it firsthand and the challenges uh, that are going on in Europe. Well, it's quite a, say, a complex question, obviously. First of all, because you have to consider that Europe itself is an idea, is a political union for some reason. Is a 28 countries. I mean, which are trying to, uh, with a lot of difficulty. I mean, to try to to come together and to live together. And I mean, 28 countries. Each one of the countries with a different culture, with a different history. Several of them with a different language. So it's a really complex. I mean, mechanism itself. What's going on in Europe? I mean, at economic political level, I mean, there is really not one single reply, because if I would be looking at the German economy, I would say, okay, they're doing well. If I would be looking at the southern part of Europe economies, let's say France, Italy, especially, they are recovering, hardly recovering, slowly recovering from the big financial and economic crisis we, ne- we ever had until now, that 2008-2009. If we are talking about, uh, I mean, Greece, Portugal, I mean, there's a, a very terrific situation, a terrible situation where they are really still suffering a lot. Probably, I guess, that would be difficult for them to come out of the situation in a short time. So is it is it say a different piece, uh, a different I mean countries with a different uh, sort of uh, economic result at the time being. You have to consider also that from a political point of view. I mean we are in a very strange situation. Next year we will have general political election in Germany. We will have general political election in France. 
Spain had three times general political election and we didn't have been able to identify a government, neither a coalition government at the time being. So the economy consequently, say, is slowing down, even if they made quite well until a few months ago because they recovered a little bit, but now the government is still not there and nobody knows if they would be able to have a government there. Uh, UK, as you probably know, on June the 23rd is going to have a major referendum <coughs> on the issue to be part or to remain part of the EU or not to be part of the EU. By the way, everybody knows that the UK is not really too much integrated in the EU itself because, I mean, they do have, still do have their own currency, the pound, the sterling. They do still have their own border control, so this is not an open market. Having said that, I mean, the idea of Europe is still on the table. I mean, the idea of Europe is still uh, making a lot of sense because at the end of the day, from an economic point of view, is the major consumer market in the world. More than 500 million consumers with an average revenue, high high average, high, high level average, average revenue. So it's definitely is an interesting market, but I mean, we are facing a lot of threat. One of the major <coughs> threats that Europe actually is facing right now is obviously due to the consequences, I mean, of immigration coming over to Europe as a consequence, I mean, of a major conflict just outside of Europe. You know, we are bordering on the east side, we are very, very close. Uh, I mean, to the Syria conflict, we are close to to the African conflict. So there are flows of immigration, illegal immigrants coming over to Europe and coming over because they are they are escaping. I mean, for their actual situation, which is totally terrible. So we have an immigration issue. <coughs> we are an economy that actually, in some way, in some part, is doing well. Italy itself actually is I mean, is recovering. Is slowly recovering, by the way, because just yesterday the Italian government, <coughs> I mean, announced that probably, I mean, our our gross product this year would be growing one one point one percent. But that means that to get back to the 2008-2009 level, it will take us 25, 30 years. So you can imagine. So it's a long, long way. <laughs> to recover, but I mean, but Europe, I mean, is an idea, is an is an entity, is an idea that is still there, and I hopefully, I mean, will remain there forever. So, if you had to call Fabio, the election in the UK coming up in June, what? How, how do you how do you call it? Oh, it's really it's really, <laughs> it's really gamble. Real. I mean, if I would consider, I mean, uh, the major financial institution of a major. Uh, I mean, the, the people had a major influence, I mean, on the UK economy and the UK generally. I would say that probably they would remain part of the UK, but I would say that probably in the major part of the people, if uh, anyone, everybody would go to vote for that. They did not still realize exactly why to be part of the EU and why to remain part of the EU. <clears throat> so really, it's really bad. I mean, until one year, eight months ago, I mean, everybody, each poll said that uh, there was a highly uh, uh, opportunity for UK to remain part of Europe. If you have a look at the last poll, I mean, of last week, actually, the majority is in favor of leaving the EU. What will it mean eventually? I have no idea, really. 
Right. But it's, that's, uh, we'll, we'll all wait with bated breath to see how this goes. And of course, because we are a global economy, what happens in Europe impacts what happens in the U.S. and all around the world. So we want to ensure that the European economy uh, recovers well. You know, Victor, you mentioned early, uh, earlier the real success story for Arlington County with a European company, Little, and, I, and I, you talked about it and the number of jobs and they put up a big building and all of that. Uh, anything else you'd like to share about that experience? And more importantly, do you have another prospect like that that will be coming to, uh, 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 to Arlington County? We promise we won't tell anybody. <laughs> well, first of all, um, the the experience was really fantastic. I mean, the, the company um, Lido. Um, it, it, let me talk about that one in particular. <clears throat> They were so methodical in, in terms of their approach, um, and we met with them um, in terms of making it really seamless for them. We work very closely um, with the state so that um, in terms of them looking at various sites within the state for different functions um, so they could not only meet their corporate location uh, function, but they could also meet a warehouse and distribution function that they had. Um, our competition was North Carolina, and North Carolina tremendously competitive. Um, and I, 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 don't, I, I don't know exactly what you know tipped the scale for us, but I'm hoping that it was our, our workforce, <laughs> and I, I think that was a big part of it, but also the opportunity um, for a, a very reasonably priced investment. Um, they really they really did well in, in terms of their investment. Um, I mentioned, I, 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 I misspoke, it was actually a 217,000 square foot building. Um, the investment um, was really in the, the $50, 60000000 million range, so I, I apologize for the, for, the, for the miscue there. But we do have um, another uh, prospect um, in the pipeline. I can't um, I'm, I'm not privy to talk about it in, in detail, uh, but it is. <laughs> oh, we won't company. tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and as I you know, Barbara, understand. you know Barbara, you and I work together very closely in the District of Columbia, and you know how important it was to keep these things quiet until the right time. Absolutely. You don't want anybody coming and poaching and right. uh, outdoing you. So I clearly get that. I clearly get that. So I want to switch to one final topic a little bit, and then we will uh, be ready to go into our close. Um, and I would have asked Jason this, uh, this question as well, but, but Victor, it really is for you, because I know you've participated in so many, and that is the subject of trade missions. And you talked about what's on the horizon for you, uh, for Arlington County, uh, partnering with maybe D.C. on a couple of these, uh, and with the state of Virginia. But you talked about Canada, you talked about China. And of course, we're going to have you in Italy later in, later in the year. Are these missions um, an effective way to promote international business development? And and kind of, uh, are there really big business deals that result out of this, or does the relationship have to be nurtured quite a while before anything happens? So, um, you know, first of all, absolutely, going to uh, the markets where these companies are or these investors, are, the foreign direct investors, are going to 
their their country, and really getting to see them in context. Um, actually, you know, getting to see um, their their facilities, um, meeting some of their um, their their senior staff, some of their C-suite staff. Um, that is all extremely important in terms of relationship building, um, because you are because there's so much distance between where you are um, and where they are. You know, the, the trust you know factor is extremely important. So so building a relationship of of trust, reliability, um, confidence. Um, you know, an ability to follow through. Those things are all built by actually going and, and working together and discussing some of the topics actually that we've discussed here, you know, going about, you know, um, getting the right information so that they can make the optimal location decision that fits their business model and their future strategy. So absolutely going there is important. Absolutely relationship building is important. And like, like I always like to say, face-to-face is there's nothing more valuable than a face-to-face meeting. I remember um, someone was asking me, said, Victor, you know, you guys, you know, raised over $250 million from China in the last 12 months. How did you do that? And I told them we went there. Now, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a simple answer um, to, a, a, you know, a somewhat, I think they were expecting a complicated answer, but it was not a complicated answer. It was actually a simple one. We went there. We presented to them. Um, they gave us questions. They asked us for research. We provided them with that data. We gave them more information. They came here. They toured the sites, um, and then they made decisions, and that's, and that's, that's the process. it's nothing like like touching and feeling and building those relationships. Absolutely. Um, We have to leave it there. This has been a fascinating and enlightening discussion on international business development. In late September, Lang Strategies and Marazzi Advisors will be leading a trade mission to Italy to pursue business opportunities. More details will be posted in June on types of industries desired and exactly the matchmaking and the relationships we want to build. If you are interested, you can contact me at bblang at langstrategies.com. Thank you again for joining us uh, today, our listening audience, and to our guests, uh, Fabio Morazzi, Senior Managing Partner, Morazzi and Advisors, Victor Hoskins, Director of Arlington, Virginia Economic Development, and Jason Gioletti, Vice President of Business Recruitment, Connecticut Economic Resource Center. We were pleased that they joined us to share their views. Remember... People are divided into three groups. Some people make things happen. Some people watch things happen. Others wonder, what happened? Which group are you? You have been listening to Insights and Strategies with Barbara Lang. I am your host, Managing Principal and CEO at Lang Strategies here in Washington, D.C. We hope you will join us for next week's show when we will discuss cybersecurity and its impact on business. Thank you and have a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week to Insights and Strategies. Remember to join your host, Barbara Lang, each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 